Hello and welcome to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, your host Liam Caswell. Join me as we lean in, get curious and take strategic and meaningful action to build our high performance nursing careers. friends welcome back to the podcast I am uh, sorry because last week I did not put a post out or a, a podcast out last week because I was um I don't know just lots were happening last week and I think you know I wanted today to just kind of talk about how the um the this pandemic is just kind of like taking over again and you know here in Australia kind of for the first time um, in New South Wales like as a kind of stronghold and uh, I just wanted to talk about the fact that, you know, we've kind of really got to look after ourselves. Um, and last week, that's kind of what I did, really, is that I just thought, I love doing the podcast, but I just need to take some time to process everything that's going on. Because, you know, I guess you're feeling just like me. It's just a little bit too much. And, you know, I'm not actually working directly in these areas that are affected. And I think it's just so important that we all kind of take a moment to stop and acknowledge the, the amazing work. If you are working in, you know, in a hospital setting at the moment, you are just worth your weight in gold and more. But I just wanted to to acknowledge the, the kind of hardship that we're all going through. And for me, something this week kind of triggered... Uh, I triggered a bit of a thought process or a bit of a rant or a bit of an internal rant. I don't know how you say it or how I can put it into words, but the I came across a post on online on on LinkedIn, and um, it was all about how you know nurses want respect, and the person that shared it you know was one hundred percent advocating for respect for nurses, and I absolutely love their work. But it just triggered me. It just got to me. I just thought to myself, what does respect look like for nurses in 2021? Like, seriously, what is it that people think that we want? Because the last time I checked, I don't think I've been asked by anybody what respect means to me. And, you know, we tend to go down that path of respect is kindness. It's being polite. It's um, people respecting us as a profession and voting us as the most trusted profession in the world. Like, that's all lovely. That is such a beautiful sentiment. But I can tell you right now, the nurses that are working in these vaccination hubs getting slammed every day, the nurses that are working in the COVID screening, the nurses that are doing the doors in all of these um, COVID COVID screening clinics that are being verbally abused by people, the ICU nurses, the ED, everybody, all the nurses. Like, the respect is a nicety, and it should just be, like, a given. But we want to make sure that, you know, we're actually asking nurses, like, what does respect look like moving forward? Because I don't know about you, but I feel like respect is no longer a box of chocolates. I think we crossed that line a long time ago. 
Now, I'm not saying that we're here and, you know, that we need to be given these amazing accolades and um, you know, every nurse needs to be recognised for X, Y and Z. I'm just saying that we actually need to go back to the drawing board and define what respect looks like for the nursing profession. Because I personally don't think that it equates in a box of lint chocolates. I don't think that that's enough anymore. I think the sacrifices that we have made as a profession just hugely outweighs the level of respect that we currently have. You know, let's just break it down. I'm having a bit of a rant today and I'm sorry. I I hope this speaks to you. I'm sure it will. If you don't want to listen to the rant, please just, you know, turn off now. But I'm hoping that it stimulates thought within you. And, you know, it helps you think about what respect means for us moving forward. Because this post that was posted online, you know, was was definitely speaking out for nurses and I love it. And there was just a huge feed of different comments from different people throughout the country, across the globe, who were high level professional nurses, your frontline and executives across the country. And the common theme was that just what we're getting currently just isn't good enough. Now let's break it down. Let's have a think about it. You know, day to day, each day in the nursing profession, we are faced with occupational violence from the community, from patients, their loved ones, family members. Now, sometimes that's because of acute medical issues. Sometimes that's because of chronic disease pathway changes. But sometimes that's just because people don't respect us. We are the nurse that cleans up the shit. <laughs> we are the nurse that takes Dan to the toilet. We are the nurse that tidies up the mess on the floor. We are the nurse that makes the bed. Forgetting that we do so many other things, we prevent people from dying. We pick up on medical errors. We you know, negotiate and liaise with the whole team. We are critical to the, to the operational functioning of a health service. And yet we are often you know, seen as the lowest of the low. And it really, really frustrates me because we are all frigging high performing individuals that during the biggest modern disaster that is COVID have stepped up time and time again to serve the people who sometimes do not respect us. Do you know, I have been punched in the, in the workplace by a patient. I've had a a colleague who was nearly stabbed in the neck by a patient. Um, Yes, there are some things that we have to take into consideration in those situations, but those things stay with you and they score you. And, you know, when we're thinking about respect, a box of chocolates at the end of that shift ain't going to fix that problem. I have got psychological scarring from that. I am traumatized from those experiences. And so is my colleague. And that these are the unspoken stories of healthcare whereby as nurses we face this day in, day out. And for me, it's something that I think uh, we we need to talk a little bit more about because this pandemic is proving to be, you know, a, a beast. It, it, it is an ongoing, evolving, growing beast. It is currently the tumour of the healthcare service. We are not going to be able to get rid of this. No amount of resources, um, money, uh, staffing that we throw at this is going to result in a quick fix. Um, This is going to have long-lasting impacts. 
Now, getting back to that post, because I know I'm going a bit all over the place, getting back to that post, it was quite inspiring for me to see so many people advocating. But it got me thinking, what are we actually doing? Like, seriously, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic and that's where we should be focused and that's where we are focused and we're absolutely killing it, guys. So you guys that are out there working on the floor, you're doing an amazing job and I am grateful Um, I respect you. I will not send a box of Lynn chocolates because I think that we are worth more than that. Um, But I am in awe of the work that you're doing. But it it did trigger within me this, this thought that we just need to be doing more. What are we doing? What were we doing before this pandemic to address the critical shortages that are about to face our profession? Like the reality is Pre-COVID, we were already running short, day in, day out. The news headlines are stating that we are running short, that we have 700 staff off on sick leave. FYI, that's not new news. That's not news. That has been happening for decades. And we need to bring that to the forefront of the media's attention, or they just need to stop reporting the true story. Do you know, next, we need to be actually thinking about How can we retain people in this profession? I have lots of friends in the UK that I'm, maybe two friends, no, I'm kidding. But I have lots of friends in the UK who are working in the NHS and they are done. Do you know that the the pay in the NHS is abysmal? Uh, In comparison to Australia, we are so, so lucky. I mean, um, if, if you're thinking of going to the UK, it's a great place to work. I love the NHS, but it pays terribly. And the NHS staff nurses start on a salary of £21,000. That's $42,000. An EN, an AIN in this country makes more money. And you might say to me, but Liam, is that in do you know, small rural towns? No, that's London. That's, you know, London does have a waiting, so you get a couple of extra grand, but it's like three grand. It's not, it's not you know, 50 grand more. I had to account for the high cost of living. When I worked in the UK, I lived off a credit card because I couldn't afford to pay my bills as a, as a registered nurse. It's diabolical. And again, where are we showing the respect to nurses? We're not paying them their worth. Now, here in Australia, we're paid, I think we're paid pretty well, to be fair. Um, and I always advocate for us having more money. I think that the the work that we do is high risk and I think that we should be rewarded um, and paid our worth. But, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing to encourage people to come into this profession? Because a study by the Australian, I think it was Australian Workforce, I should have this to hand, but I read it this week. There was a study done pre-COVID by, um, I think it was Australian Workforce Group or somebody like that. And they looked at the data um, and surveyed staff and looking at the trajectory of health over the next 10 years, by 2030, we're going to have a shortage of 85,000 nurses. 85,000. Just let that sink in. 85k shortage. So... (laughs) I just don't know what it's going to look like. I really do fear for us as a profession, for our patients. I fear for myself in the future needing to go into the hospital. What kind of service are we going to be going into? 
Because the reality is we're not attracting the quality of candidate that we need and want in the healthcare system. Yes, we might have an influx of people coming into healthcare due to the um, sustainability of the work. Do you know, we have been working through this whole... We never get a freaking day off, right? Christmas, Easter, holidays, parties, family get-togethers, we're never there. We're always freaking working. And through this pandemic, surprise, we're the only ones that are allowed to leave the house. Of course, because we need to do our job. But, you know, when when does it, when do we give? Like, when do we get an opportunity to step back and take a breath? Um, and, you know, it's frustrating because as I record this now in Sydney, there's a lockdown protest. Now, I am not political. <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything about politics. But, you know, what what is happening? Where's the messaging to stop these people from doing this? Where is... The the support, I went out on a walk this morning and I saw 20 police officers dilly-dallying around through the park, having a coffee. Do you know, like in groups of three, four. Do you know, when was the last time that you dilly-dallied when you were on shift? When was the last time that I, do you know, working in a ward, had a pee break? <laughs> I didn't. We don't because we just are so flat chat and we are constantly asked to do more with less. I sound defeatist. I'm not. I'm just concerned. I'm really, really concerned about the future trajectory of our workforce. I did a bit of googling. I did a bit of research because I love going down rabbit holes. And I thought to myself, well, we've got these statistics of 80,000 nurses, a shortage of 80,000 nurses. So surely somebody's doing something about it. And I found this government report and it was like 300 pages long and there wasn't really anything of substance in it. Do you know, are people going into the schools and and showing students and, and, you know, school children that this is a viable profession? Or are they just seeing the media and just seeing, you know, how we're being smashed and thinking, I don't want to do that. I could go and be an IT developer or a coder or a YouTuber or an influencer for less stress and hassle. It, it really, you know, does just leave a big question mark about what it looks like as we move forward. I think I would love to know your take on it, but I think that we are facing going to face an unprecedented time in, in the nursing world post-pandemic. I think there's going to be immense fatigue. There already is in the system. It's buckling. We haven't had any uh, chief nurse present on television that I'm aware of. I mean, I don't watch everything. But where is the nursing representation in the media? Where is it? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm actually fed up of just seeing the medical officers because we need nursing representation. We are carrying out the work. We're freaking doing the work. The doctors are there. Of course, they're helping. They're, it's teamwork, right? I'm not trying to marginalize groups. And, but we are doing the bulk of the work. We are running these centers. We are all stepping up. We're all being redeployed. We're all being moved around. We're all doing things that we never thought we'd have to do. And just FYI, when in your undergraduate nurse training did they teach you how to work, survive, thrive during a pandemic? I think I must have missed that class because it didn't exist. 
You know, I only learned about pandemics when I did my master's. I literally had no idea what a pandemic was until I started studying my master's of international public health. We have like full workforces, the whole workforce is you know, chronically underprepared to manage a large scale operation like this. Now we are doing amazing. We are friggin' killing it. Like I said, we are doing so good, but we're not prepared for it. Do you know, all the states and territories, the UK, the USA, Canada, all these countries across the world are scurrying last minute to try and find staff. They're trying to get people back from retirement into the workforce. These people need to do a return to practice. They're short on hours. They haven't practiced for two years, three years, four years. So they can't just come back into the into the workforce. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, why haven't we been planning for this? Why hasn't this been part of a larger organizational strategic plan? Isn't there a that all hospitals have a health emergency operations center? Why haven't we considered this in our planning? Like I know we have lots of things to think about day to day, but let's throw it out there. Could we have been better prepared? We probably could have been. Could we have pulled people off non-essential clinical roles earlier? Like in January this year, during the the outbreaks, I was sitting at work and I expressed to my managers and, and my team and I said, why are they not pulling me off my job? Why are they not taking me off my job and putting me into a vaccination hub right now so that I can vaccinate people and we can get there quicker? But what did we do? We waited until it got too bad and then we took everybody off the non-essential roles. There are so many people sitting in the hospital that are doing amazing work, but they're in non-essential roles. Like the hospital will still run without them for a couple of weeks. Long term, we absolutely need them back. But you get my point. Why haven't we been a bit more strategic? And instead now we've got executive directors of nursing coming back onto the floor to vaccinate. Now, I take my hat off to those people that are doing that because I know some executives that wouldn't. And it is, it's, you know, it's true leadership that they are taking the lead and walking the walk, talking the talk. And they're getting in there with the staff and they're helping, they're doing their part. But it just does leave a lot to, to the imagination when we think like, where are we going? What are we doing? Like, what is the budget going to look like after this? What is the health budget going to look like? We um, we own a property in Canberra, uh, my partner and I, and we were looking at our rates. You know, we got our rates notification through the other day. And in Canberra, $2 billion of taxpayer money goes to the healthcare system. It's the biggest spend for the government pre-COVID. So can you even begin to imagine how much is going to be need to be thrown back at health after the pathology bill for all of these tests, for, you know, the vaccination bill, like the bill alone just for the vaccinations, the medications, the ongoing maintenance of our vaccinations. We don't know what that looks like yet. Like, are we going to have vaccination hubs operational all year round for COVID vaccines because we need to get 9 billion people across the planet vaccinated every year. Like there's just so much unknown and I guess that's driving a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety and I'm probably not helping. 
Um, but I just wanted to bring a nursing perspective to it. Um, because, you know, I think that there is a significant lack of nurse advocacy in the media. I think that we sit back and we wait for other people to talk for us. And um, quite frankly, I think those people are out of touch. And um, it's disappointing because we need frontline clinicians to be on the telly, um, talking the truth. We need to... Uh, not be just all doing that whole group think where one person said, oh, well, we'll just, we're nurses, we should just get on with it and do it. When, in fact, no, we shouldn't just get on with it and do it. We can do our job and we can do it safely and we can be respectful and kind. But we, we need to draw the line. Like, we, we need to draw the line so that we are respected and valued as people and clinicians. And that when we go to work, we know that we are making a difference. I mean, most people that go to work nowadays as a clinician, unless you work in a one-to-one setting, which is extremely rare, even in an intensive care, there are stories of some staff looking after two to three, four ventilated patients. We are in a situation whereby we go to work every day and we are fearful of what's to come. We are worried. We are concerned. We are fatigued. We are demotivated. You can see it in everybody's face. You can see it in their eyes. No matter how much as a manager I would try and lift people up, I felt like it was just a band-aid. I felt like I genuinely couldn't help people because the system is ultimately broken. And it's been broken for a long time. That's not something new. So I guess, you know, I'm just, this is my call to action for people listening um, if you listen this far, thank you. Um, I promise, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your take on this issue because, quite frankly, day in, day out on the news, all we really hear about nurses is who's been infected or maybe that a student nurse has infected three patients and, you know, 10 staff, blah, blah, blah. There's no recognition or acknowledgement of the nurses that are setting up a, you know, a, a vaccination hub overnight and working through the night to be able to achieve that. There's no recognition of the nurses that are turning off the ventilator on a COVID patient um, uh, who has no family there and they're holding their hand as they pass away and who are themselves suffering because this is maybe the fifth, the sixth, the second, the first, the tenth patient that they've seen go through this. Like, when will people stop and acknowledge the amazing work that we're doing and reward us with more than just a box of chocolates? It's just not good enough anymore. Now, when I say reward us, I'm not asking for a 250 grand pay rise. What I'm saying is we need better systems. We need better processes. We need a national inquiry into the culture of healthcare that is done by an independent organisation that's reputable, that's not buddy-buddy with the government, that's not buddy-buddy with the chief executive of the hospital, so that the data is skewed. We need the truth. It is time for us to change our practices and evolve. Otherwise, we will not have a high-performing, fully-functioning, operational healthcare system in the future. We need to invest in nurses' development. We need to mandate clinical supervision. We need to invest in coaching and mentoring. There's a huge gap. People come to work for 
a year. And the only time that they genuinely have a conversation with the manager about the development is a performance development plan. And how many of you have done a PDP or a PMA or whatever you want to call it, and it is the biggest waste of time? I have done so many of them, and they are useless. Not one manager has actually taken the time to sit down with me and say, Liam, like, I've noticed you're really good at this. Let's see if um, we can get you to do X, Y, and Z, and really actively create an action plan. It is a tick box exercise. Now, when I managed a team, I made sure that this was a valuable use of their time, of my staff's time, and I gave them some actionable steps, and I followed up with them. It just doesn't happen. So we need to invest in nurses. We need ratios. We need a guarantee that the workforce gap is going to be met. We need to make nursing sexy again. We need to make it appealing. We need to make we need to market it immensely so that people see it as a viable option. We also need to dress up and and you know, not dress up, that's the wrong word, but we need to show people that progressing in a nursing career doesn't have to be painful. Like, a lot of people don't want to move up in nursing. They are very happy to work on the floor, and that's amazing. But there are some people that have got all the potential in the world, but are happy on the floor. And the reason why they don't want to move is because they know when they get to educator, and to manager, and to don, that it's crap. That there's, you know, just so much more work. There's so much more, uh, there's just such a gap in knowledge Like, nurses aren't taught how to manage a $4 million budget. So, it exposes all of your weaknesses. And with no support mechanisms in place and no onboarding and no mentorship and coaching in those roles, no wonder people don't want to do them. So, what happens? We get people who just by default have either applied and they get the job um, and they're not the best fit, but they get it anyway. Or the manager or the director puts somebody in the job that's the buddy. And then we just have this vicious cycle of bad culture, bad leadership, dictatorship, micromanaging, lack of people-focused approach. And we just demolish any of the culture that was built there initially, and it's all gone. Um, It doesn't need to be like that. But the reason why good people don't apply for managerial positions is because it breaks them. It's because they're perfectionists. It's because they are high performers. They want to do the best, but they simply cannot because the system does not allow it. It is time for change. And, you know, I just don't know how it's going to come about. I feel like I need to run for, like, nursing president or something. Uh, But jokes aside, it's a serious issue that we need to address as a workforce. And I guess something that you can do right now, if you're listening, you're still listening, is speak up and advocate on behalf of yourself and your peers. If you see something, talk about it. If something happens that's not good and not in alignment with values and it's in breach of the code of conduct, report it. Incident report it. Report them to APRA. It's time for us to shake the system up. This is my call to action. I feel like nurses need to protest. We need to keep doing the work that we're doing. I'm not saying that we strike um, or do anything like that at the moment. That's just not, that is not in our blood to do something like that. But we need to come back to ask that question. 
what does respect truly look like? And what do we actually want as narcissists? Like, let's leave it on that question. When have you ever been asked, hey, nurse, hey, what is it that you actually want? What is it that you need to be able to do your job effectively? Reflect on that question. How many managers have asked you? What do you need, Liam, to be able to do your job effectively? And if you haven't been asked that question, it's because you've probably got a bad manager and you're in a place where they don't value our opinion. And as the mass mass workforce in healthcare, we need to start stepping up. Otherwise, it's just never going to change. Um, and that's a really, really scary thought. But uh, I will continue to advocate, empower, coach, inspire, motivate um, the nursing profession because I feel strongly that we are worth so much more than just a box of chocolates. Um, we all love those thank you notes. They're beautiful. The chocolates, I'm not being ungrateful. But I think that the time has come for us to say, do you know what? Like, this is not okay. It's just not okay anymore. Um, And that we deserve more. And we deserve for our workplaces to be places where we can come and thrive. And be mentored, coached, supported, guided. That we're excited to come to. Even during a pandemic. Because we know we're supported. We know that somebody's got our back. We know that there's a voice. We see nurses in positions of power in the media. Advocating on our behalf. Not just sitting in the background. Like where are the nurses in the media? I haven't seen a nurse in the media. This whole pandemic. It's extremely frustrating. And um, it's disappointing because we have no role models. Uh, So hopefully that's something that will change. Um, But I'd love to hear your thoughts I, you know, get in touch on Instagram at High Performance Nursing. You can reach out on Facebook uh, at Career Coach Liam, I think. Oh my God, I change my name too often. Um, but I'm on Facebook, Liam Caswell, you'll find me. Um, drop me a message. I'd love to know what you're thinking and how you're feeling at the moment. I want you to know that I respect you and that you are awesome. And I want to make sure that you are looking after yourself because we can't do it without you. Um, but we do have to come back to the drawing table and we need to start a discussion around what is respect and what do we need from our employers to make sure that we can do our job safely moving forward. Alrighty, well, I'll leave you there and um, look forward to having a more upbeat uh, podcast next time. But it's important to talk about this stuff and I hope it's triggered some some thoughts and some curiosities within you. Until next time, um, stay safe, keep those hands clean <laughs> and uh, keep getting curious, keep exploring and uh, and learning and look after yourself. Thank you so much for listening. I would love if you could leave a review and rate this podcast wherever you listen. Please feel free to tag us on social media and make sure you share it with your nursing peers so they don't miss out on all this goodness. Until next time, my high performance friends, stay forever curious.